The following program is intended for mature audiences. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend, indeed it does. And we'll be right back, folks, after the first gem of the day. You little clown 
Well, all right then. <laughs> if that isn't a smash and grab kind of rock and roll song. You know if we're opening the show with a Dead Kennedys tune. Right. This is some serious shit that's about to go down, folks. Kind of goes against the uh, the once whimsical and, and folksy grain we used to have yeah, you uh, know, on this you, show. You definitely don't think whimsical you know, when yeah. it comes to the DKs. Yeah. And, and oh, by the way, the balls to call your band the Dead Kennedys. Yeah. I mean, that is like then punk rock that. 101. <laughs> that is just, we're not fucking around, people. <laughs> well, let's not put the uh, cart before the Dead Kennedy, as they say. As they say. Uh, fair warning to one and all uh, with our mixture of subjects this episode. This uh, this one's going to go down like a brick through the windshield. Most likely. Uh, there, was a, there was a reason why the DKs were opening up this show. Yes, exactly. So let's head in that direction. So Take us there, Johnny. As we said, it's the Dead Kennedys doing their debut hit, uh, California Uber Alles. And uh, yeah, it's a very politically charged tune. Just a little. From way back in the day <laughs> as they're railing against the uh, authoritarianism of one Jerry Brown. Jerry fucking Brown. Did you, did you Which, really yeah. like, think of him as public enemy number one? Well, now I mean, you think of Jerry Brown, it's like if, if there was ever like a tambourine in a human form, yeah. it would probably be him. Not a threat. <laughs> Not a threat. Especially you know? because they're railing against him and then after him came Reagan. Yeah. <laughs> Now, there's an interesting tra- right? transgression. You think you had a band before. Yeah, Holy here you go, shit. folks. Oh, God. Yeah, so anyway, that came out uh, back in uh, 1980. Um, well, actually, it came out in 79 as a single right. uh, to meh acclaim. Right. But then it came back out on the uh, 1980 album Fresh Fruit for Rotting Vegetables. Yeah, that was their debut album, wasn't it? Yep. I think it was, yeah. Yep, yes, yeah. indeed. But yeah, they were they were not fucking around. They were not fucking around, <laughs> and it's it's just one of those songs that it, it was just so different at the time. It's how it's stood the test of time. It really has. It's not very melodic. It's not even like a machine gun rock and roll song, like something the Ramones would do. Yeah, it's just all over the place. Well, it, it kind of was exemplary of the shifting uh, shifting wave that punk rock was doing at the time. Yes. And uh, they were getting away from, you know, the roots from 76 and 77. You know, the DKs were a California band. And punk rock, you know, heretofore in California was, you know, X, mm-hmm. you know, and the Blasters and bands like that. Right. And the DKs were a radical departure from that. That was like, shit's getting real, folks, mm-hmm. you know. And it did. And we chose that song because our, our first topic tonight is of a, well... I guess us calling it a political topic just adds to the to the to the misery surrounding it. <laughs> yeah. So it's a um, I don't know. It's just it's an issue. Yeah, stonewalling, stonewalling, and it's an issue because uh, it's about uh, basically voters' rights. And there's two bills that were up for approval that have already been shot down. Yeah. And um, you know, eh, real quick, it, it's the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. And tag team along with it, the Freedom to Vote Act. Yep. And this was bandied about for a, a bunch of weeks with such vitriol and hyperbole yeah. that you would have thought Lincoln was freeing the slaves again. Oh, seriously. <laughs> okay. Seriously. I mean, partisanship is nothing new, but this takes it to kind of a, a new level. Right. And this, you know to quote someone else we'll talk about later in the episode, was more theatrical than a meatloaf concert. Indeed. Because you've got the folks on the left up there saying, you know, anything short of of passing these as swiftly as possible is, you know, reverting back to the the Jim Crow South, you know. The hyperbole is in high gear right now. Yeah. It truly is. And when you've even got middle-of-the-road African-American statesmen and politicians and officials saying, look, tone this down, okay, because it's really not 
about all that. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, you got, you got a problem. Yeah, well, the vitriol's hitting a peak level in D.C., you know, again, vitriol in D.C. is nothing new, but mm. now it's being being shoved through the megaphone that is social media, amongst right. other things. Right. You know, everything is all caps and, <laughs> yes. you know, exclamation points. And, and yeah, this, this particular thing kind of, I mean, there's roots to it. People are, people are, are uh, pulling up, you know, visions to the 1960s, mm-hmm. you know, and what went on back people then. People getting dogs sicked on them, getting yeah. hosed down in the streets. Those, yeah, those are the images that people are projecting right now surrounding this Right, this and, and the thing that made me sit up and, and pay notice to this probably was all of that over-the-top rhetoric and yeah. the picture that it was painting. And I'm saying to myself, as a rational American citizen, we're doomed. Is this really what's, what's, what's going on? So yeah. I started reading a little bit, and the amazing thing was, talking about a voyage of discovery, not only are essentially both pieces of legislation kind of like little nothing burgers, yeah. the thing that was equally as just a, a, annoying, is probably the best word for it, yeah. as the hyperbole on the left, is the right's refusal to simply pass this shit. Yeah, you'd think this was a <laughs> kind of a no-brainer. Right, but, you know, there's, right. A, there's some high-gear political gamesmanship going on here. Yeah, you and know? To, you know, to, to, to summarize, for those that aren't familiar with the legislation, it's really as simple as this, folks. Like I said, they're relatively small articles in their scope. So the first one, the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, basically puts um, states on notice, and then more or less under the watchful eye, more watchful eye of the federal government, after they have been proven to have committed inconsistencies in those uh, voter registrations within their state, or any unsavory practices whatsoever that would hinder people from a fair uh, chance at voting in any election. Really common sense stuff, okay, that is nothing more than an extension of the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act already in place, which keeps getting extended. Right. All right, so again, kind of a nothing burger. Well, I don't you, see well, what the big deal is. Putting it in the context of racism, which is obviously a hot-button issue right now. Right. You know, and they're, they're you know, projecting it uh, as targeting minorities and that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. that's really what's causing the fervor, causing the uproar. Right. And, uh, and yeah, that's, that's, you know, again, a hot-button issue these days. But what's what's kind of striking is the the level of partisanship that's going on here. Because, like I said, with the you know with the Republican Party in particular, this is just political gamesmanship. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a there's a so much a racist thing to it as a let's stop people who don't vote for us from voting thing. Right. And that just happens to be this particular group of of you know minorities and whatnot. Now any of you homos touch me, and I'll kill you. But uh, but yeah, the the. You know the 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 sore spot, the the ripe nerve that is racism right now in the United States is in overdrive right now, mm-hmm. and that's you know that's the hyperbole obviously coming from the left. But I gotta say, you know, being you know a liberal, trash, <laughs> for lack of a better word, Ooh, and being yes. <laughs> and a lifelong Democrat, <laughs> how could they not see this coming? You know, how could they not be proactive? And, you know, what's going on with the Democratic Party these days is bizarre. You're an asshole! To me, you know, the shit going on with, with uh, Joe Manchin mm-hmm. and Kristen, is it Semena? Uh, is that how you pronounce s- her name? S- close enough, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's, it's common knowledge, but the Arizona Democratic Party, and talk about an endangered species, mm-hmm. uh, voted to censure her I just, just recently yeah, yeah, for her role in blocking 
uh, the voting rights legislation by not supporting changes to the filibuster. Right. And the filibuster is a lot like the Electoral College. Okay, it comes up uh, and causes controversy, and everybody mm -hmm. freaks out, loses their shit about it, and says, okay, we've got to do something about it, and no one ever does. Right. This isn't the first time. But it only becomes an issue when somebody doesn't get their way. Oh, obviously. You know, obviously. And, and what these politicians forget, which is just mind-blowing, is that on, on a federal level, you know, the, the, the parties in charge change every four or eight years. Yeah. It's never the end of the world, okay? Yeah. And they're going to be on the opposite end of the other party complaining about the same shit. The next time around. Oh, yeah. It's like a football going back and right. forth. Yeah. And, and to think, I mean, look, as Americans, I know we got short attention spans, but to continually think that the American people don't see this shit that's going on, you know, the next time there's a quote-unquote march on the Capitol, <laughs> it's going to make the last one look like child's play. And I got to say, at, at this point, my, my frustration level with all of these hacks on both sides has so <laughs> gone over the edge of the pool, so to speak... I don't give a shit what happens next oh, yeah. time, to well, be honest the, with the, you. The good of the American public, the good of the voting populace and whatnot, seems to have gone by the wayside to said political gamesmanship. Yeah. You know, nobody's acting for the good of mm -hmm. the American public. It's for the good of the party. And to that end, you know, looking at the, uh, the other piece of legislation, um, you know, it, it focuses on simple things such as, you know, standardized early voting times. Mandatory paper trails for voting machines. Election Day as a federal holiday to facilitate easier voting. These are things that the public at large, in a bipartisan um, way, they're, they're in full support of this. Yeah. And the only reason, the only reason the Republicans are against it is because they can't bear to let the left have a victory. No, absolutely not. And these aren't the only things that are getting stonewalled. I mean, lowering the cost of oh, prescription yeah. drugs... Uh, expanding Medicaid, yep. uh, for example, you know, climate, education, health care reform. These are all things that are getting snarled up in yep. this political and when you Again, when, when you break it down, you know, the, the viewpoints and what the parties are trying to accomplish on a lot of these things are so friggin' similar, oh, I know. it just boils down to, no, we don't want you to get credit for, for doing this. Yeah, it's just like, what I'm are like, we in fucking serious? grade school here? What's going on? <laughs> I mean, this shit is silly. You know, and it's gotten to the extreme point that the Democratic Party is apparently going to support primary challenges against both uh, Manchin and mm -hmm. whatever that chick's name is from Arizona. Cinema, yeah. And that's, you know, that's, that's craziness. Yeah, simply but because they have independent thoughts. Right or wrong is irrelevant. But now you're telling me, and this is why this is such a dangerous precedent, especially for her to be censored by her own party. Why? Because you disagree with, with some legislation your party's pushing? Yeah, and it's not... not that's not the first time we've seen this. I mean, that's been going on on the right. Look what they did to Liz Cheney in Wyoming. Right. Same shit, different, yeah. different party. You know, and yeah, again, the whole idea of governing and the whole idea of what's best for the American people is getting completely lost to this bullshit. Right, because they're not representing their constituents in any way, shape, well, or that's form. Well, the, that's the amazing thing about it is, yeah, the, the, the polling is suggesting, no, you know, whoever it is you are representing is feeling in a different way, but... I think a lot of it, too, is the Democrats getting shown up by the way the Republics, Republicans can vote in lockstep. Mm -hmm. You know, there doesn't seem to be nearly the party strife going on on the right that is going on on the left, you know? And the left can't seem to pull it together long enough, you know, to all move forward in, in the same direction as a party. Right. You know, and it's fucking embarrassing. Yeah, Come the on. ones they should be censoring are probably, you know, the squad members, you know? <laughs> 
they're trying to get them back to some kind of centralized standpoint. Well, again, you know, and you're seeing this with, and you've seen this so many different times with so many different presidents in their first term. They come in very, very ambitious. Mm-hmm. They get slapped down. Yep. They get the shit beat out of them in the midterms, and then they change directions. It's happened to... Uh, now, obviously, Joe Biden. It happened to Barack Obama. It happened to Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. If you want to go back into the early '90s, I mean, this is it. This even is happened to Reagan. His approval was down to thirty percent. Oh yeah. You know, it takes time. Yeah, it's a it's a rerun of the same old bullshit. Yeah. And look, look, let's. I mean, I for one think Joe Biden should get uh, a medal for that last press conference because I do believe he managed to uh, stay awake for two solid hours. <laughs> As he deflected all these questions for, with, with just nonsensical runaround answers. Five-hour energy. Five I, hour I guess, energy. right? Maybe energy. he's going to do spokesman. Sponsorship. Sponsorship. And, and to watch how even the, the traditionally liberal uh, news outlets, like the ABCs and the NBCs. Yeah, they've turned on him. They totally turned on him. They went after him from the word go. Oh, yeah. As, as usual, the Democrats can't control their messaging by the press. Yeah. You know, they can't seem to... Get across the things that actually have been accomplished, you know, in the first year that Biden's been president. And, you know, at the end of the day, is that really a fair barometer? You know, is that really... Well, that's, we, we differ on that. And yeah. I say good, because it's about time we disagreed on something. <laughs> um, I, you know, and I'm, even, I'm hard-pressed, but in, in fairness, it's, it's always difficult for the opposing side to acknowledge the a- accomplishments because I don't oh, God forbid we can see you know that the other side may have accomplished something but quite frankly but what did he accomplish uh well you know you have the uh, pandemic relief package the infrastructure bill we're still like struggling with that though so who's oh. it helping uh the american <laughs> public maybe here you are all equally worthless those of us left alive okay you know, <laughs> you know in all honesty i don't give a shit who accomplishes these things you know, I would not, and this is probably heresy to say it, but fuck it, I'll say it anyway. <laughs> I wouldn't have a problem voting across party lines if somebody's getting something done. I agree. You know, I, I don't do. I don't have an issue with that. I don't give a shit who it comes from, mm-hmm. left or right. Obviously, you know, like watching a baseball game, we'd all like to see our side win. But the bottom line is if it if it benefits the American public, if it gets us out of this shithole that we are currently in. I don't care who it came from. Yeah. You know, and let's keep it moving. You and know? I, I think I'm a little salty these days because I've been, uh, my mind continually now goes back to all of the businesses, the small businesses, especially restaurants and, and bars and things like that, yeah. that have gone under yeah. and will never come back because of just a shitty job of handling the whole COVID thing. And again, on both parties, because yeah. it started with Trump and then it finished up with Biden, they yeah. all was like, oh, I got to shut this down, do this, do that. I mean, if anybody that, you know, that I, my, I, I look to uh, give a name to my pain, it would be Fauci. <laughs> <laughs> because somehow this, this piece of shit is, is still up there telling us what we should and shouldn't do when nothing has worked. But again, I go back to these people who invested their lives. I mean, check, please. Everyone's like, the human toll of these deaths, and now they're backtracking, saying, well, really, it's only 40% of the deaths. Yeah. Let me hand you one indisputable fact, okay? Look at all these people that lost their life savings and their, 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 their family's ticket to surviving vis-a-vis their small businesses yeah. that will never have another chance to start this up and, and duplicate this. Yeah. And it makes me think to myself how the economy, once it 
does start firing on all cylinders again. And it will. How, and it will. It will. But how drastically different is the landscape going to be now? Will we see you know, the end of, let's just use a, a, one example, little um, mom and pop breakfast nooks. Right. Okay. Because at the same time, a lot of the bigger like uh, fast food chains and breakfast places, they can't get people to work in there now, regardless of how much they pay. Yeah. So again, is it maybe now we'll see a resurgence of the small business make a comeback, and maybe the the, the cookie cutter retail mentality that's that's ruled this country for the last thirty years, maybe that's what's at an end, just like the big shopping malls. Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny because it's it's so contradictory to fact. The fact of the matter is, our unemployment uh, numbers have dropped. Almost to pre-pandemic levels, but I'm calling bullshit on that because it can't be right. You you wonder because there's there's, 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 there's not so many... enough people to fill up enough good-paying jobs. Something is wrong. Yeah, well that's message. Maybe what we need to focus on, and maybe yeah. we need to figure out what the fuck is going on there. Yep. You know, and just jumping back a little bit, I'm not going to defend Fauci because he makes a lot more <laughs> money than I do, and it's just not worth it. But um, man's never cured a damn thing in his life. <laughs> Oh, give the doctor a break. No, that, I'm not. Because he's, he's still like lingering around. No. He should have the class to step the fuck down and be like, uh, by the way, yeah, I was wrong about everything. I got to sympathize <laughs> with him because I don't think death threats to his family should come with the position. No, not at all. I think that's, that's a little all. outside. Maybe and, it's the, uh, just the, the, the magic of being in America where we seem to think the only preeminent scientist in his, in his position of, of his stature should just happen to come from Brooklyn, okay? Maybe if we looked outside the box, I'm sure there are a lot of talented people that deal with pandemics over in, let's say, oh, I don't know, Africa, which is always ground zero for everything. <laughs> they do seem to have everything Or there, in they? Asia or in Europe. Why well, does it, it have to be an know, American that's got to lead this shit up? I, it, I don't get it. That's a good question. In all honesty, you know, in a situation like what we have with uh, Dr. Fauci, I would have taken steps to get him out of harm's way, quite frankly. You know, instead of letting him be the easy punching bag for the right. You know, I kind of feel like... He kind of seems to like the spotlight, though, Mike. Admit yeah, it. He's always like, oh, yeah, oh, please don't focus on me. How's my makeup? I don't know. <laughs> kind of an unprecedented situation to be in. But my point is, if you see... <laughs> you and, love and him. I, feel, I don't feel either way about Fudge. <laughs> I feel bad for him because he gets death threats. But, I mean, I feel the same way about Nancy Pelosi. I feel the same way about Hillary Clinton. She's obviously a rallying point for the other side... You know, they put her in the, them, whatever, in the center of the bullseye. God, they fundraise the fuck out of everything with these people. Get them out of the line of fire. But again, going back to my original point, <laughs> Democrats don't think preemptively. They don't do shit like that. Well, Nancy's going to retire soon anyway. Or drop dead. One well, of the other. one of the two. about 100 years old? About that. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, again, you know, with the issue with the filibuster, how could we have not seen this coming? You know, come on. They do. They 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 see the stuff coming here. miles out, and you'd think they they cherry pick these topics because they think it's going to distract us at a certain point. Living I'm going to go out on a limb. Living that, inside the Beltway is a very insular life. It is. It know? is. But these things they keep rehashing. Yeah. Abortion. You need to leave. Look, really, it's 2022. <laughs> really, does with anybody the give a thing? shit with this already? You know. know. Didn't we have this argument already? 
Yeah, like, for the last 50 fucking years, it seems say, like. Seems and we're like still in the same boat. 72, it's 73. Yeah. And I lose track. Is abortion legal or illegal in this country? I'm not sure anymore. Because it depends where you go. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> There's no rhyme or reason to any of this shit. No, there isn't. And then they try to distract us with, well, you know, uh, Russia could invade Ukraine at any moment. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, we just sent them some lethal aid. They sent them ammunition. This giant crate they probably pushed off the back end of a C-130. Lethal aid has arrived. That means we're serious. Oh, Jesus. Are you kidding me? You heard the latest on that, right? Russia's moving to put a more Russia-friendly government. Right. At the, in, in, at the UK. Like the United States never does shit like that. You know, we've never, never done that before. Everywhere. You know? <laughs> oh, my goodness Good gracious. Lord. How did we get here, and how do we find our way home? I, I, I... <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. But like, I'll just harken back before we retreat to the safety of the middle gem. Um, <laughs> oh, thank you. It, it's thank it's you, coming middle to gem. a point where some shit is going to go down in this country. And I, for one, who chooses never to get directly involved, I just want to be there to slap somebody in the face. When I'm up at that podium being covered by all the news stations, we never saw it coming. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Of it. Insert slapping somebody in the face soundbite here. Right? Uh, Are we middle? Is it, is it time for middle? Jan, Jan, it is. John, let's get the fuck it out is. of here. It is. And speaking we? of slaps in the face. <laughs> oh, what have we got? That's right. Middle Gem is a Johnny call. Middle Gem. And and let the good folks at, at home know that originally it was going to be a tune by Godsmack. <laughs> but uh, Michael <laughs> Sean Lee with a maraca in one hand and a tambourine in the other. Wearing his Neil Young fringed uh, cowboy jacket, said, "No, that's too hard." Still, still love Godsmack, <laughs> local boys, mass holes. The one time I saw Godsmack, one side of my face was numb at the end of the show. They were so fucking loud. <laughs> Nothing but respect, Sully. Don't take this wrong. Yep. But yeah, it seemed to be. Hey, it's a collaboration, so I, I acquiesced to his is. wishes, and it very, very much appreciated. And my fallback point, my redoubt, was uh, Kid Rock. So yeah, which was not a bad call, I gotta say. Especially because it's it's vaguely relevant to both the opening topic yeah. and the one we're going to move into. I'm not the biggest Kid Rock fan, but lyrically, this one nails it. It it holds it up. See, we it. are diversified. So nice. on that note, how about a little bull god? You guys enjoy this, and we'll be back in a couple minutes with some more things and stuff. <laughs> And I feed on all 
Ba boop boom. Nice. See, and I was never a huge Kid Rock fan either, yeah. but I'm I'm learning to appreciate him more. Yeah. Uh, well, especially with all the rest of the shit that's out there now. Yeah. Guy's fucking talented. Very I mean, talented. He can, he can play just about any yes. any instrument you could put on a stage. Yeah. So we went with the the Bull God from the uh, Polyfuse Method, uh, 1993 <laughs> album. Because um, our subtopic today is going to be something we've talked about before, although now we're going to hit it from a different angle. Yeah. And it's uh, superheroes on TV. Nice. Okay. And, uh, talk about a fun distraction. Oh, very fun <laughs> distraction. And, and what prompted us to talk about this was the, uh, it was kind of a two-parter. The, um, the new and highly successful TV show on HBO starring John Cena as the Peacemaker. Yeah. And another little ditty that's on the uh, the Amazon network, one of their originals called The Boys, which is about to start its third season, uh, I believe, in a couple weeks. Yeah. And, the and once again, to qualify, Johnny's a DC geek. I'm yes. a Marvel guy. <laughs> so, yes, and let's start there. So, as a DC geek... DC's coming on, man. They're coming on. They're learning because they're thinking outside the box now. Right. And nothing is more outside of the box than a total throwaway character like the Peacemaker, which they just reintroduced vis-a-vis the last uh, Suicide Squad movie. Yeah. Which I highly enjoyed because it was true to the comic book and they were wasting people left and right. (laughs) (laughs) So, when they had him in it, I was like, well, this is weird and Peacemaker, that's like a... A C or or a D level guy, you yeah. know, and an interesting casting call too. I got to say, and it, and that's what we thought initially because you know John Cena has a little bit of acting chops, and he's yeah. probably done better in his comedy now, and he's no Dwayne Johnson, but he's he's making a lot of progress. He's on his own, man. Yep, you know. So uh, you know, he's also the voice of Honda in all their commercials. So that's Is he gotta really, be, yeah, that's got to be a lucrative deal, right I was there. Say, he's not hurting for cash, not at all. Nice. So. Here is this, this this character with no real superpowers. He's a highly trained assassin, little wacky, um, and that's all you know about him from the Suicide Squad. Now, in the shows, they flesh it out. They've got a supporting little cast of characters. They're all doing like black ops kind of things, and it's fun because in every scene, like almost every line of dialogue, you never know when it's going to veer off course yeah. and either talk about something completely heinous and or hysterical yeah. or there's going to be some like ugly, um, bloody horror happening. Well, that's the funny thing is they can, they can talk about something that's heinous and hysterical at the same time. Yes. You know, something I truly, truly appreciate is sarcasm and irreverence. Yep. And this, this show is loaded with it. Yeah, they, they even throw in a little bit of sex. So you got that happening. Yep, yep. And it's it's like self-deprecating humor. It's it's a lot a lot of throwbacks to the comic books. And like I said to you before, you know, I was catching the names that they were dropping as as much as I could. Yeah. Because again, they're referencing like these even like D and E level characters. Yeah. Props to the writers, man. That it's as well as you know they make mention of Superman and Batman and everything, and it's. Yeah. It's neat how they've constructed this world where these characters are all running around somewhere. They're real people. Right. Yeah, they reference them like, yeah. And you never know when one of them could make an actual appearance. True. And I love it because it's written as if these were real people. Okay. Yeah. And again, to draw a parallel between that and the boys, you know, after the first two seasons of watching the boys, I love it, but at the same time, comic book geek that I am says, thank God there's no actual superheroes. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. 
because this is exactly what they would be like. Right. They would have corporate handlers, massive PR departments. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like your worst nightmare. If Jeff Zuckerberg could fly, okay? <laughs> it, it's, and he, he, you know, you, you couldn't contain this guy. Yeah. It's kind of like it's that. Damn near, damn near where it is right now with that prick. Right. And I think it's an important time for shows like this to come along because we've seen, uh, we've seen movies with superhero pageantry going way back to Christopher Reeve as his turn as Superman. Yeah. We've seen uh, heartfelt story-driven movies a la everything Marvel puts out. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And I disagree with, I believe, was Martin Scorsese who kind of like poo-pooed on yeah. superhero movies. Yeah. Well... A- you know, sorry, not every one of these guys is a gangster, okay? Try branching out, yeah. eyebrow boy. Yeah, be, be a little... <laughs> yeah, they're just kind of frightening, you know, the unibrow yeah. thing. He's just mad he couldn't cast his mother as uh, Captain Marvel, oh, probably. Yeah. Well, it's a new art form. I mean, it's, it's the whole superhero thing, the whole comic book thing. I mean, you know, both you and I were, you know, 70s kids, you know, buying comic books for 25 cents off the rack and whatnot. This has become kind of like Andy Warhol's, you know... Uh, Dream uh, yep. prediction, you know, this has become modern art. It mm-hmm. truly has. And if you don't put it in that context, then fuck you. You're behind. You right. know, love the work that Scorsese did, but that statement that you referenced showed him to be remarkably ignorant yeah. to the to the current situation. It was a boomer statement. Yeah, and I gotta <laughs> say, you know, having been a Marvel person and and seen the reign of Marvel, you know, with all the Avenger films and Thor and Iron Man. You know, credit where credit is due. DC's taking this, particularly the Peacemaker, in a completely different direction. Yep. And and they're making it work. It's happening. Everybody is is faulty. That's the world that they inhabit. You yeah. know, and seeing these people do heroic things out of either necessity or perhaps misplaced loyalties. A lot, a lot of misplaced stuff. Yeah. You know, but yep. it's it's not you know. Or even uh, what was the first one? Steve Reeves first. Um, oh, Superman. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Who guy unfortunately killed himself. Yeah, not but Steve, just, just wasn't Steve Reeves. It was God. What was his name? Because Ben Affleck was in a film about him. Yes. Yeah. Hollywood Land. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep, a very good film too. What the was that See, guy's that's name? That's gonna bother us now. I know. Probably get a, a note from Mara Goldstein yeah. on this one. Yeah, probably. But anyway. Anyway, moving um, right along. Yeah, just standing there, hands on the hips, cape blowing the breeze. Those days are over. Yeah, completely. And yet, because of like the complicated world that we live in today... George Reeves. Yes, well done. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, people, they, they realize that these are outdated concepts. Yeah. And what's really, what's a really interesting story, looking at, you know, the horrors that we see in the actual world day in and day out. Yeah. What's a really compelling story are the people that become heroes because of incredibly adverse circumstances that they happen to be in. Yeah. You're goddamn right. And when shit goes south, like they say, there are people that run towards the screams, and there's people that run away from it. Yeah. And incorporating that that stark reality into uh, a, a story featuring people in outlandish costumes and, and tights <laughs> and whatnot yep. adds a dimension to the concept of superheroes that makes you think to yourself, at least just speaking for myself, yeah, you know, the first responders that ran into the towers, yeah. those were superheroes. Oh, hell yeah. The guys that jump on a grenade to save their buddies in a foxhole, those are superheroes, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's, it does it without being preachy, and those are the best lessons in life that you learn 
because you can't turn away from them. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. You, you, yeah. You, you pick it up whether you want to or not. Yeah. You know? And uh, just so we don't get too modeling here, um, I got to throw out props to John Cena. I, yes. Just, I definitely <laughs> have to. I, mean, I did a little background when, uh, when you mentioned John actually insisted you got to watch The Peacemaker. So I watched a few episodes. <laughs> really wasn't thinking much of John Cena going in, but, uh, but I, have a, I have a whole new respect for this guy. I uh, didn't know it, but he's from West Newbury, Mass. He's a fellow yep. Mass hole. You know, so right on, John Prott. Um, <laughs> you know, very interesting resume. This guy was tied with Ric Flair for the most world championship rates in pro wrestling history with 16. He, as John being the wrestling aficionado that you are, <laughs> uh, already knows, he, he really launched himself when he took on the persona of a trash-talking rapper. And this guy's debut album which was called You Can't See Me, came out in 2005, a certified platinum. Yep. I never knew that about John Cena. That was like a wow moment for me when I read that. It was like, yeah. holy shit, check as, this as guy the, out. As know? the story goes, um, he did have, he was just good at freestyling and whatnot, and they were, um, all the wrestlers were on a, a tour bus going someplace, getting ready to put on a show, yeah. and Stephanie McMahon, Vince's daughter, was on the bus with them, and he just starts freestyling just to entertain the other guys. And they oh, were having shit. these little yeah. mini rap battles. And yeah. she was like, can you do that in the ring? <laughs> oh, man. And thus was this, this doctor of thugonomics, you know, identity yep. that yep. he created. Yeah. And uh, his entire career, it's, he's been polarizing. And it's like half the crowd loves him, half the crowd hates him. But there's no denying the guy busts his ass yeah. to get where he is, just like yeah. The Rock did. And that just endears him. To, to oh, people. Yeah. Well, the world is his oyster now. Yeah. And yeah, he is just nailing it with this peacemaker yes, character. He is. Yes, he is. And you're seeing like like an onion, <laughs> horrible cliche. The the layers are getting peeled off now. And yep. every episode, I have to say that the performance gets a little more raw. Yeah. And you're like, this there's, there's a lot going on here that we're still going to see down the road. Yeah. And look, he he had he won me over with the <laughs> the pension in every episode. For playing '80s hair metal, <laughs> I've even had to look up some of these songs because I'm like, I think I know this. I and mean, this th- is your fucking wheelhouse, right? Too, the '80s, and yeah. he's wearing like in the last episode, he's wearing a faster pussycat shirt oh, as they're playing House of Pain. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me! This is awesome. That is crazy. And you know, propers where propers to do. This guy is known for his work with multiple charity causes. Yes, very giving know? of his time. Yeah, he's you know. Um, as I'm sure you're aware because you know these things, uh, with the Make-A-Wish Foundation, he has granted the most wishes at well over 650 of anybody who participates in that. Yep. I mean, that speaks volumes about the man. It truly yeah. does. I mean, know? we were growing up, we had Hulk Hogan, and his thing was, you know, say your prayers, take your vitamins, blah, yeah. blah, 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 yeah. blah. Yeah. And John, is, John <laughs> Cena's thing has always been, you know, hustle, loyalty, and respect. And it, it's been on his, you know... Merchandise forever, yeah. But the truth is, he, he like again to draw a parallel to Dwayne Johnson, he just outworks everybody. Yeah, you know, and yeah. it just the guy's got value. He's got a dream, and uh, you know, more power to him. I hope that this show has a nice run. Originally, it's only supposed to be eight episodes. Oh yeah, and then they we're gonna bow out. But I can't help but think if, if it keeps you know gaining oh. steam like this, Hell they're gonna yes. have to bring it back. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, no doubt about it, no doubt about it. So. Yeah, proper to the man. He has it coming. He truly yeah. does. And again, I'm, like I said, I'm looking forward to the, uh, the third season of The Boys. Uh, we got to get you into that. Because yeah. I know in the third season, they're bringing in a character that's supposed to mimic Captain America. Really? Right. All so right. he was like the All original right. superhero. And I, I forget, was it the 
something soldier or captain, something like that, some generic yeah. kind of name. But yeah, it's just uh, Ooh. oof. All good, right, good show. I'll look, I'll, I'll look forward to it. <laughs> not for the squeamish. I will f- throw that out there. Yeah, not for the kids and not for the squeamish. All right, because it's a bloodbath. But yeah, little, little parental <laughs> warning in effect there. Right, that's as close as I come to that. Nice, nice. So hey, this is usually the part of the show where we go with our third gem, mm. but we're gonna up the, upend things a little bit here. Well, before um, we even get to that, yeah, there's the. Uh, Similar question of what's what's, what's new going on in radio? radio? What's new in Big Boom Radio this week? Well, uh, quick bullet points. This is episode ninety-eight. Holy Jesus! Is Can it you really believe that shit? Holy I know we shit. always say that, so we're not going to wow. dwell on it. But damn, ninety-eight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and to that, we got a new uh, classic rock showcase coming up. Bruce Springsteen Volume Two. Nice. That'll be in the next couple weeks. Nice. Uh, as well as again. Gearing up for our super duper double sized 100th episode. Damn. I uh, tried to get Liberace, but apparently he's dead. So he, he, really? yeah, he will not be uh, joining us on that. Who knew? Who, Who knew, knew, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's disappointing. Yeah. So let's piggyback off of that. Famous performers that perhaps have left us. It's yeah. been a rough January, man. It kind of has. It kind of has. Somebody, somebody dropped a bomb on us just uh, just last week with the uh, the passing of the legendary Meatloaf. Yes. Who uh, who uh, passed away at the age of seventy four, and uh, and I gotta say, you know, and just just digging in, and as I'm sure anybody who's listened to the show more than once knows, we don't upend our uh, our agenda for just anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy was a legendary, legendary character. Um, I just got to say, it's it's a shame that somebody has to die before they get props for what they've accomplished as right. an artist. Right. Um, and just doing due diligence on this guy, it was jaw dropping. Tell us um, some facts that we didn't know about Meatloaf. The Bad Out of Hell trilogy. A lot of people don't know there are actually three albums: Bad Out of Hell in '77, Back in Hell in '93, and he actually did a third one, The Monster Is Loose, in 2006. Uh, these albums have sold over 65 million copies around the world. And of course, the legendary first one, Bad Out of Hell, still moves about 200,000 copies a year. Yep. And uh, you know that alone, the fact that the man as an artist created a masterpiece mm-hmm. you know, with him and, of course, the late Jim Steinman, um, not too many artists get to say that. Right. You know, I did a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very difficult to follow up after that. But... You know, the man's background prior to, I mean, he played Eddie in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, he appeared in the musical Hair, both on and off Broadway. Um, you know, later work, you know, after, you know, the whole Bad Out of Hell thing, he appeared in Fight Club. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll forgive him for his appearance in Spice World. You know, <laughs> everybody can make a mis- misstep sure, here and there. Sure, sure. A guy recorded with Motown, uh, extensive, extensive work in theater. Uh, he was an understudy for John Belushi for the National Lampoon show Lemmings. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy's resume was just stunning. Yeah. Just absolutely stunning. And, you know, all the other shit, and on top of that, a masterpiece. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm sorry, but very, very few artists get to say that. And it's, you know, one of those things now that we're seeing, and I'll, I'll be the bad guy on this one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because, well, let's face it, it, it does not take a lot to annoy me. Um <laughs> He's getting what now? I guess we could we could really dub it as the the Freddie Mercury treatment. Yeah, and as you alluded to earlier, you know, it, it takes these artists dying for people to um, do a, a true retrospective of their work and yeah. their contributions. 
And I would go as far as to say, um, in the instance of uh, imitation is the sincerest form of, of flattery, yeah. even though his performance is from Bad Out of Hell and that, that whole happening that he created has been lampooned incessantly for people that just didn't get that he was in on the joke yep. and he knew how over the top it was. It was... It was intentional, people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, people, they, they mock it. Oh, the guy with the puffy shirt. And really, you know, the only time we would hear about Meatloaf is when the kids would play Paradise by the Dashboard Light at their prom, yeah. okay? And insert their own words and shit like that. Yeah. But if you... It, it's not a stretch to look at it in a similar way that we look at um, Shakespeare, Right. Okay, in so much as people who don't know Shakespeare still know all his works because it has been repeated in so many different forms yeah. through all different forms of media, TV, movies, music, you name it. Yeah. But they don't realize it all came from the same starting point. Total cultural saturation. And yeah. I had used the example of, uh, we watched one of their videos tonight, Tenacious D. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. A great band of, of two comedians with... Musical talent is undeniable. Absolutely. But clearly, without Meatloaf, there's no Tenacious D. Obviously. Okay? And really, in, in terms of acoustic performances of a rock and roller, you know, some people will say that Bruce Springsteen almost single-handedly rescued rock and roll from the disco days. Right. I would enter in Bad Out of Hell, yeah. okay? Yeah. As really somebody that put a, a doorstop in that door before it closed yeah. and says, no, I'm taking my stand. And perhaps maybe that's why it was so friggin' over the top because it had to be yeah. to, to rescue the medium. It was theater. Yes. It was theater. And, you know, that's, that's an area that very few people um, have ventured into. It's extremely difficult to do. And this guy did it. Yeah. You know. And maybe, you know, to be fair to mainstream media, remind me never to do this again, no. maybe the, the outpouring um, and the examinations of, of his career and his work now yeah. isn't done in a, in a haphazard or, you know, cynical nature. Maybe they're realizing that everybody had a little, little fondness for, for Meatloaf in their heart. You Absolutely. know, even if you didn't sit there and listen to his album every single day. Oh, yeah. Well, you made a good point when we were talking about this pre-show where Bad Out of Hell is just one of those albums that everybody owns. Right. Everybody. <laughs> you know? That speaks, that speaks for itself. That speaks volumes. Yep. And you and you I know? comment, you know, as, as kids, we would look at it at the, the album rack, yep. and it's that iconic image of the, the motorcycle bursting oh, out of the grave. You yeah. got this giant bat thing on, on the tombstone. Yeah, priceless. It's like a, like a Frazetta, you know, fantasy painting. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, yeah, you look at that, you're like, something about this. I don't know what, what does it contain, okay, mm -hmm. before you listen to it. I don't know what this is going to sound like, but it's probably something naughty. Yeah, yeah. And I got to know. <laughs> naughty and I, adult. I got to know what exactly. the hell that is. And I, I need to listen to this right now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so to that, we say thank you very much, Marvin Lee, a day for everything you did. Uh, and the music, of course, lives on. Man was the epitome of an artist. Yep. Yep. So we are going to close the show. Mm. Uh, and much thanks to, uh, to Johnny for letting me run with this one. This is without a doubt my favorite uh, Me Love song. Uh, love it to death. Always have. Always will. Uh, this is a song called You Took the Words Right Out of My Mouth. Indeed. We're going to play that for you folks to close out this show. So enjoy, and as always, I'm Johnny Teflon. And I'm Michael Sean Lee. And we'll see you all on the flip side. Take it away, Meatloaf. On a hot summer night, would you offer your throat 
to the wolf with the red roses. Will he offer me his mouth? Yes. Will he offer me his teeth? Yes. Will he offer me his jaws? Yes. Will he offer me his hunger? Yes. Again? Will he offer me his hunger? Yes. And will he starve without me? Yes. Then does he love me? Yes. Yes. On a hot summer night, would you offer your throat to the wolf with the red roses? Yes. I bet you say that to all the boys. Shooting stars falling through your trembling hands. Are you a licking? 